Sentire Media Good morning. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. We tried to start off this morning with a different open because I always do the opens and I do the same thing every time. Hi, thank you. Welcome. Thank you for downloading podcasts from Italy. My name's Jason Ashley. So I thought, Ash, you do it. Let's see what you bring to the table. I think there we're, was- on, we're, we're on take six <laughs> and we take, take five started with singing. <laughs> Which I thought was the best start. And then both laughter and Jason pushing stop every couple seconds. So we're going to go back to the usual. Podcast from Italy. I'm Jason. That's Ashley. (laughs) We live at Cacamone in Piobico. Beautiful place. It's the holiday season. Lots of cheer. Can't you hear it in my voice? No, I'm kidding. Um, What's today's date? The 26th of November, Friday. It, Friday, 7-something in the morning. It's going to turn out to be a nice day. It's, we, we're supposed to get some chilly uh, air from the north coming on down. We'll see. The, you, I don't trust what the, um, the weather people say because they are liars. I'm sick of the lies. And our weather station is kaput. Not kaput. I'm looking on at it. On the fritz? On the fritz is a better way to put it. Kaput means nothing's happening. Correct. On the fritz. It's currently 4% humidity, according to the weather station. So I don't know if that's entirely accurate. Um, we'll have to fix that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, I can't remember exactly when we last did a podcast, but I know it wasn't six months ago. So we're doing better. Maybe it was beginning of October or so, I want to say. Anyway, thought we would come on and give you guys a little recap of uh, the end of the season and what's been going on around here. So let's jump right on in. What's been the latest? So we had the end of the last two workshops were for truffle hunting and our butchery, which went fantastic. Um, We went to do the butchering with Licozzo, our neighbor, Roberto. And he did a beautiful demonstration on butchering the pig. We had a fantastic lunch. It was a great afternoon. And it was a beaut- the end of the season. The weather was gorgeous. Really mild. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the colors of the trees were actually really nice this year. I was, was shocked. Yeah. I thought it would be no color because we got no rain. I agree. So it was a really surprisingly beautiful autumn. Um, and the last guests were really the beginning of November. And, but before we had the last guest, we had a little break in between and we took a trip when I had my doctor's appointment for my foot, um, in Bologna to, (laughs) to Fordley. (laughs) And we stayed at a wine resort. We never do this. And I thought, Oh, let's switch it up and do something different. Well, you're saying why Fordley? Um, it's like, kind of like in the middle of Emilia-Romagna. There's nothing really kind of touristic around there. We really did it because we were tractor looking at. We were Yeah, we were tractor shopping, and we wanted to break up the trip going to Bologna. So it was like, stop on the way. And I thought, okay, well, let's try to do a thing where we just like stay at the hotel resort, this winery, and we'll do the wine tour and have their dinner and all of that. And we never really do this. We normally just stay kind of simply or go and eat out in the village and whatever. But it was like, let's just, once we get there, not leave. And um, the place was stunning when you drive up. It was just, I mean, acres upon acres of vines of Sangiovese. 
they restored so many different properties. Oh my gosh, it was it was really like a they took over this little Borgo, a little mini. It was called Borgo Conde. Yeah, but more than that, the whole like valley there. Oh was yeah. yeah, exactly. Like the whole drive up, they yeah. restored tons of little properties, big properties. Um, but and so visually, it was really pretty, but also kind of almost too like no soul. That's Jesus. That's tough. No, not no soul. It's that it was restored so perfectly that it more looked started to look like a country club golf course with vines. Correct. It lacked the charm of some of the. It was too perfect. You like a little bit of crumbly stone. Mm -hmm. You like a little bit of Mm -hmm. uh, dishevelly. Exactly. You know, makes it look a little bit more like you know it is how old it is. This was. Every piece of stucco was perfect. The, you know, it it's was, like how your brother kind of says, like, street food he wants dirty. Yes. You know, you're not looking for some of that to be too clean. <laughs> so, so it didn't have, it's not that it lacked soul. It was no. hundreds and hundreds of years old. It's just that it was restored more in a corporate, perfect. That is a great way to say it. Like, if you went to. Um, it could have been put anywhere in a way. Yes. Yes, if it was in the middle of it was in Southern California as a wine golf resort, it would look the Done. exact same. Mm-hmm. So we, it was like, all right, well, it's pretty. Let's go try the wine tasting. And the woman who gave us the tasting was super knowledgeable, and it was more of a tour. And we saw all of the where they um, process the wine, Typ- all typical, the typical, exactly. So it was, but it was beautiful. And then we go for the tasting and we're kind of hungry because it's like right around aperitivo time and we're at this hotel and we're thinking, oh, okay, they'll, they've got to put out a nice little spread with the wine tasting. Here in our little shabby La Marque where wine tourism is supposedly so lacking, they always put out some, a little pecorino, a little cheese, some breadsticks, maybe a little bit of salami, but always some cheese to go with the wine. Even if you're at a small winery, just pop in. So I was kind of excited. Um, they had some like... Weak breadsticks. <laughs> and that was it. And then it got worse from there. I've never been in it. We've lived in Italy for 15 years. I don't know. A little bit of a wino, but not a huge... I don't know. This is the only wine tasting I've ever been to that they gave you three sips of wine. Not even glasses. Three sips. And then basically kicked your ass out <laughs> they were like and if you want to buy any you can talk to the front desk it was just like wait a second we live here i thought we were going to taste some wine and you thought we were going to buy home buy a bunch of wine and normally in our area it might be five to seven tastings like a little of something sparkling um to start if they do a prosecco or a sparkling rosé they, they don't do prosecco in this area no but something like that and then they'll do a um a few whites to try like two or three whites, two or three reds, and then maybe something of like a digestivo after dinner special wine to just try a sip of. Because we paid 25 euros a head for this. Yeah. <laughs> and we got three little sips. Which, which sounds, I don't know. We don't live in Piemonte. We don't live in um, the uh, We are not in Lombardia Bordeaux. where this is even worth it. We were in freaking Emilia Romagna in Fort <laughs> Lee. What is a 25 year? So I thought, Oh, we're going to get some little nosh, some good little bits to bite on. And then 
some nice wines. I, Ashley was highly offended and upset about this. I don't do a lot of wine tours, so for me, it was like, okay, that's good I enough for me. I had to speak to the management. <laughs> I was not I was happy. fine. I didn't care. I didn't want to go on this stupid wine I was thing like, anyway. are they trying to fleece tourists? What is going on? And we're at a freaking winery. Like, this is a wine resort. This wine tasting and tour should have been free if you were staying there. 100% in my mind. Anyway, had to get that vent out. Uh, I don't know if anyone else has felt that way or <laughs> had that experience. I recently was just in Lago de Garda in Lake Garda area and went on a couple, uh, went to two different wineries and had wonderful tastings, six wines, totally free. And guess what? I bought a shit ton of wine, but didn't like this. Didn't like the vibe. Wouldn't go back. I'm turned off. I'm turned off. Well, <laughs> well, these are the struggles Ashley goes with. Go, these are the struggles of Ashley's life that you go to a wine tour and you only get three sips and sips. no snacks. No, no, just sips and no snacks. So did, did not like it. Th- so two thumbs down. How did you make it through the rest of the night? I think, did we have any snacks in the car? No. <laughs> but so let's go into a little bit of what else we were doing in that area, which was the tractor shopping. So the, that next morning we got up bright and early and hit the road and did the whole kind of um, Via Emilia between Forley towards Bologna, which is like the old Roman road. And we went and stopped at a dozen tractors, uh, not shops. What would you call them? Um... Like agricultural there you go. Uh, used stuff. They have new and used. Um, it's a concentration of all these places right along that road. We don't have a lot of selection in our area. So it was some of these things that I've been looking at. Um, I'm looking for a tractor that is not tiny, not like a 25 horsepower little one, like those little Kubotas, and not something giant either. I'm looking for something in the middle, and it's really hard to find this. Sounds like a little Goldilocks syndrome. Well, they don't, they either have big ones for, you know, doing fields and fields and hectares and hectares, or small ones that are more for like a little garden. That you can find quite a bit, but the medium-sized ones, not so much. Can't find Mama Bear. No. So we looked at a bunch of them, and it was good to just sit in them and touch them because all this internet looking doesn't really um, – you don't really see it in person to know the, the – demen- you know, get a visual representation of how big this th- or small this thing is really going to be. So And it's funny how some guys are like, oh, that dripping oil, no worries. Uh, they all drip oil. They're all salesmen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them were more salesmen than the others. The one guy I really liked, he was snappy. And he, he was a total salesman. Total salesman. Hey, how about all that oil leaking out of the differential right there? Oh, yeah, don't worry about don't that. Don't worry about that. Yeah, no I problem. I liked him. Because a lot of them don't even pay any attention or they're like, all right, uh, you know what you're looking for? Go for it. Walk around. If you have any questions, let me know. But this guy was on, which was nice. So we're no closer to finding a tractor than we were. No, but we did find out that they will deliver, (laughs) which is good. If you you overpay for their their freaking 28-year-old tractor, they will deliver it. Well, you weren't sure. That was one of the questions. No, I was. I knew there would be some way. I just didn't know if they arranged it or they had the means to do all the way down here. We're two hours, two and two hours away. So. No closer, but you still scour Facebook Marketplace. Facebook, all of them. Trattori Usati, Facebook Marketplace, Subito, Kijijijiji, all of them. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I think I think that the there will be a there hasn't been a lot of new stuff coming out in the last couple of weeks. So I think once the winter comes, there'll be more like the hard Some winter more inventory. Maybe. Hopefully. Hopefully. I'm still looking for something really locally. I'd much rather have some. I'd much rather get something from around here, but I don't know. And I'm not buying a new tractor. Well, this is perfect segue into 
animals. Because why do you want the tractor? Oh, I'm still on my I'm still on my milk cow pig kick. So what's the plan? The plan is to learn. So um, Calicozzo, where we did the um, Roberto, where we did the um, butchering, butchering and uh, whole thing. He he has tons of animals, and he's not far away. And he has uh, he has heifers, heifers that are going to give birth to calves here pretty soon. So I am going to go up there and learn. Uh, I think I'm going to spend the next three months. I'll go up there every morning. And just do whatever, you know, clean. I would imagine it's going to be a lot of cleaning out stalls. Because I was thinking, I have zero experience at any of this. <laughs> and um, he said I could come up and milk the cow. But if the cow doesn't know me, I don't know if she's going to be really into me getting under and start messing with her. So I think I need to go up there first and, and be around a little bit. So Get to know each other. We get to know each other. All the animals know me. I learn how to be around animals like this. I mean, <laughs> she weighs God knows how many kilos, hundreds and hundreds. Well, this goes back to where the, we were the worst kind of kids. Not city nor country, but suburbs. There is yeah, no so animal. you're stupid enough to think that you can just like... <laughs> like a city kid would be like, I ain't getting in that uh, all their shit in there. Uh, the country kid would know what to do. I'm a suburb kid. I'm just dumb enough to think that I've I could seen just it on do a it. movie. Yeah. I've seen it on TV. <laughs> so uh, that's my plan. Um, I'm going to spend the next three months going up there every morning and well, and it's so it great also because Roberto and his family um, they do not use the cow's milk for anything. So he said it was they just have it for the calves. So it's also. Um, was important to try to find a neighbor or someone who we weren't taking their um, profits from or cutting into something that they were already using. I don't even care if they... I just want to learn how to do the milk. No, I know. But I'm saying they don't drink milk. They don't make milk I hear you, cheese. but we still don't have any of the equipment to do anything with the milk once we milk it. So, great. You have 12 liters of milk a day. Congratulations. Now what? Now what? Now you have to get a... Um, pasteurizer, you have to get a homogenizer, you have to get a blah, 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 blah. Would I, they already have that stuff for doing the sheep's milk cheese? Because they do the sheep's milk cheese. I'll ask them. I have mm-hmm. no idea. Well, you're going to find out. I'm going to find out. <laughs> um, and what about the stalls? Are you still thinking maybe well, that's for two an, pigs? Yeah, that's another problem I'm running into. I'm, I've researching how to make a make a well first i need somewhere to put the tractor so i we don't have a barn the stall i'm just going to do like artisanal simple simple with like uh um the chestnut poles and the and just like corrugated metal that's simple and easy the barn is going to be like where do we put this tractor and stuff is more of a problem and I was going to – I've been researching doing, like, a agricultural tunnel tent, which they have these really heavy PVC um, galvanized steel polling tents. We saw them all through Emilia-Romagna. And they're not expensive at all. For four meters by eight meters, it was really affordable. Um, it only – That was, like, 1200 bucks. No, probably more like two grand. Okay. But um, you don't need to pour a uh, cement pad for it. You can just put – you can – you can uh, dig um, just mm-hmm. kind of posts That's for it. That's convenient. It's better than doing the whole pad and leveling the whole thing. The only problem is everyone that I like that I've gone online to go buy, it's not here. And they don't know when it's going to be here. So Supply chain. Supply chain, bro. Oh, man. So And then I thought, okay, I'll get a corrugated metal one. Uh, corrugated metal one is lasts for longer, but you have to pour the cement pad. And those are now really expensive. Oh, yeah. Remember the great um, goat house that the guy who we got the trees from built out of the metal versus using a ton of wood? 
were you still thinking of doing something like that for the pigs too? Where it's like the frame? Yeah, yeah, but that's that'll be that's easy. I'm talking about somewhere to put the track. I know, I know. I just thought about that too. I can't. I'm not building a whole structure out of metal. I don't know really how to weld. <laughs> I know. <laughs> this is, you don't know how to do a lot of these things. You're learning. Oh, oh my gosh. I know. And so the weather right now, where are we right now at the house for winter? So the house is basically closed up. The um, Hold on. Let's push pause one second. Excuse me. All right. Sorry about that. Back to it. I forget where we were, and it was probably not that interesting. So no, what's the next story? But everyone loves a good gaudy story. So this one I've been waiting to share with you guys because I know you, the faithful listeners, love them the most. For those who've never heard who's gaudy, quick. Two sentences. Quick. Gaji's our adopted Italian papa slash neighbor who lives down the road who's a ball buster, thinks he's the boss of everything, and we love him, but he drives us crazy. Totally like family. Yeah? A retired doctor. There you go. But still working. Uh, cardiologist. Anyway. So... Dr. Gaji comes over um, on a Sunday morning, and it was like 10 in the morning or so, and we had a lunch we were doing for our lawyer who had requested to come over with his family, and it was like, oh, what a pleasure. We had the house ready. We're like two out. He said he would be here at noon, so we are two hours to go. We He had requested a um, American-style lunch. We had no idea what that meant. We were terrified, but we decided to go with a Thanksgiving meal because that was pretty American. Anyway, we'll get more into that later. So we're all set. I'm dressed. The guests have checked out, um, or they're actually leaving. Gaji shows up with a very, like, a very proud doggy. And he's so excited, and he's walking around outside and in circles in our kitchen with a dead rabbit. So he shows up. Um, with the rabbit upside, hanging upside, him carrying a rabbit upside down, walks into my kitchen, full um, hunting boots on, full of mud, rabbit dripping blood from its neck. Mm-hmm. Hey, come on outside. Let's clean this rabbit. First, <laughs> like, what the fuck? Get that goddamn thing the hell out of my kitchen. There's he, a turkey sit. There's like, I'm, I'm getting ready to serve lunch. There's all this food out. And then he does the best thing too, which he's done before. He decides to walk in a circle before he leaves, which then he just gets a blood circle around his feet and then walks to the door. He did that one time else when we were doing the fat, the lard, and he poked the hole. The holes were getting poked in the bag because they were so hot. And then he walked around in the kitchen outside and then just sprayed everywhere. So for some reason, he turned turns into a lost dog and walks in a circle, comes outside, and then it's like, what, what? I did this for you. (laughs) (laughs) And we're like, what? What do you mean you did this for me? (laughs) And he's like, I thought you'd want to clean it with me. It'll only take five minutes. And we were like, dude, we have our lawyer coming over with his family to do a lunch. Oh, it, it's only 10. He, he won't be here at noon. He'll be here at 2. All lawyers are late. And I was like, no. So then this is where I have to jump in because Jason is like totally in cooking mode. Like I just have to barricade Gaji away from him in a way or like distract him because it's like Jason's not going to deal with them. He's like, it'll only take five minutes. Come on. Come on. And I was like, no, not at all. So then he l- says, hold on. Hold on. Just take a breath. Okay. <laughs> So just to counter Gaji's five minutes, nothing with this man takes five minutes. I am. This isn't day one. It, that's what I was going to say. Okay, I'm not that dumb. That I fell for that. I've fallen for that. Yeah, forty or fifty times. <laughs> 
shame uh, on me. Yeah, so I'm smart enough to know when Gaji says something will take five minutes, that's an absolute lie. Never. What does he want us to do? He wants us to hold the two legs of the rabbit. No, 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 hold on. You're jumping ahead because yeah. he says it to me. So then he's like, all right, you come. I'll, I'll take you. <laughs> it's like, no, I am dressed for lunch. And he goes, I just need you to help me clean it. And I said, all right, well, I've seen Fushiani clean a rabbit before. He ha- hangs it by the tree on a limb at the right height with the feet. And then he takes a knife and he just strips it and he does it. Go home and do it at home. <laughs> I was like, it's totally possible for one person to do it. And he goes, I know, I know. He goes, but I want you to hold it. And I was like, wait a second. It got even worse. He wanted me or Jason, but since Jason was tapped out, he decided I should be the one to hold the rabbit's legs as he digs into it and tries to skin it. Only take five minutes, right? And what the hell? What is he talking about? And then it's a mess, and we've got our lawyer coming over. So entrails and blood everywhere. Oh my god! So no, we sent him on his way. He said Rosanna, his wife, wouldn't want to take any part of it. So I told him to find another neighbor. <laughs> and then he said, "Well, do you want some?" <laughs> but now, to his, cr- I do want to do that. Of course, I but re- not that morning. No, not at that moment. And he's got to learn that if we're like, we've got something going on. To hit the bricks. Ashley, when has this man ever had boundaries? <laughs> Never. Never. Oh, my God. Never. Uh, so that was pretty hilarious. But that um, <laughs> just killed me. I don't know. The walking around in the kitchen was the best part. Oh, and then he also was, he just showed up when the guests were leaving. And he stopped everyone from getting into their cars and wanted to know if they wanted to take a picture or take his picture with the rabbit. How hysterical to like walk up to the guard. Right, did you want to take my picture with this? But, um, but other than that, the Godster's the Godster. He's, he's He's the same. He's uh, doing his hunting thing uh, three, four days a morning, uh, week. Comes over bright and early, 6.30 mm-hmm. every morning. Waits for the sun to come up. And then goes. I swear, some mornings I'm just staring out the window like, come on, let there be light. Let there be light. <laughs> Keep it moving. Um, but that reminds me of Thanksgiving dinners and Thanksgivings have passed. Because this year we did our Thanksgiving early. Um, I had a dear old friend in town. Um around my birthday at the end of October. So we decided to do a big Thanksgiving then because her kids were here and it just felt more, I don't know, appropriate and festive to do it with another American and old friend and share some of those traditions with her kids. So we didn't do any turkey yesterday. We just did French toast. (laughs) But we had gotten our turkey and stuffing and rolls and pumpkin pie and apple pie and all of that um, in already. So it kind of felt complete in a way. Well, yeah, we did it once for us, and then we did it another. We did it all, all over again for uh, Stefano and his family. Mm-hmm. So we did it. We got t- two times in, and without the hoopla surrounding Thanksgiving, it's just kind of hard to. You can make it any day. It doesn't have to be the third Thursday of November. No, and we did that. This is. I have to say honestly, and I know we've probably talked about this before in other seasonal podcasts, but it wasn't until we moved and really started doing Thanksgiving with our neighbors or for our neighbors to give thanks for what they had done, that the kind of meaning of Thanksgiving was a bit more profound than just gathering with family and friends to eat a bunch of food. So it was always nice that our first years for, I mean, it became a total tradition until COVID really, that we would have 
15, 20 people come. 15 or 20, Ashley. There's, there was always like 28, 32. Oh, it my was God. Always it just got, I guess I always wished it was 15. Well, the problem with it, or uh, inviting Italians 15? is you invite it's your... It's like one family. You invite your commercialista, for example, thinking it would be just your um, tax guy and his wife. Well, they have twins, so they're coming too. So that's four. But you need someone to help with the twins. So that's the grandma, the mom. Then you also, the sister-in-law heard about it and she really wants to come. But that's now not just five or six, but her family, which now makes them about a group of nine. So how do you say 15? You're right. That's just, we're already at nine with one person invited. <laughs> so it was really great. We would do um, our first Thanksgiving ever. And I've, we've told this on many oh, podcasts years and years ago. But the first Thanksgiving ever, we did it just how we would do it in America. We did the turkey with all the sides all at once. Piatto unico, they call it. Buffet style. Buffet style. Like, just load it up, baby. And it did not work out so well. It didn't work out so well because that's not the how people eat here and they didn't really know what to do with it. They didn't... They froze. Yeah. It's they, like, I don't understand. You're going to have all these flavors mixed up on one plate and how do you tell the difference? And it's like, yeah, you're right, but that's how you do it. They just would stand at the buffet table with holding their plate and like, I don't know what to do. And that's when Gaji famously also proclaimed, are we eating pig food because of the cornbread stuffing? Cornbread stuffing and the pu- pumpkin, um, pumpkins, you know, pumpkin uh-huh. stuff everywhere. <laughs> so um, I, after year one, I kind of amended. I was also told that you really can't have a Sunday lunch without having a pasta. Like we understand it's it's Thanksgiving, and but people want a pasta. So give yeah. the people what they want. We need a pasta. Yeah. So um, year two, we amended it. We went with a pasta, and then we kind of pared down the the Thanksgiving. So it would be the turkey and the stuffing, but not. 10 different side dishes like you really don't need it it's overkill we do a vegetable the turkey the stuffing and we adapted some of the italian traditions of having a something like the chicken liver crostini as an antipasti or having capoletti and brodo as the primo or pumpkin soup or pumpkin soup or something like that um and that worked out much 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 better also in those first ones that we would have it was straight out of a movie for not only our guests but even the butcher or the turkey because they're not used to getting a whole turkey or one this big and i'll never forget that first one i had done like a doodle drawing of my hand as a turkey just hand drawing on a little um chalkboard that we had and just kind of put it in the corner later i was just bored as we were waiting for people to show up and someone found it from around the corner brings it over says oh my god this is beautiful what is this and said we needed to write the year on it and everyone started taking pictures with my hand turkey drawing which i thought this is hilarious this is a preschooler's um arts and crafts project but and then the oohs and the ahs or the applause when the turkey would come out and so that's another thing. Getting a whole turkey is always an interesting mm-hmm. thing because while you can find turkey breast and turkey legs and whole turkey is not uh, something that you would just walk into the butcher and find. So I have to order it ahead of time. And this year there were no smaller ones. So like when we did it for the – when we did it ours for the four of us, we had a eight-kilo turkey, um, like 18 pounds, just way too big. Um, but what are you going to do? It's Thanksgiving. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, but anyway, so th- 
Oh, yeah, that just that it's hard to find the turkeys at the butcher. Not hard, just you can't. You got to put in a request. You got to put in a request. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just something you can and walk in and buy. And you're kind of then at the whim of the size that comes in, as yes, you're saying. that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple, like, um, in years gone past, I could find a five kilo, five and a half kilo. So, mm-hmm. like, a 10, 12 pounder, which is more for, like, you know, four or six people, um, but not this year. Well, the other thing with a big turkey or just cooking a whole turkey like that in general with it um that can be kind of a surprise or something different for italians is also the size of the oven that is needed to cook the turkey and you need a good size oven and not everyone has a big oven and um or the big the big racks that you know the whole thing and so we had a bit of a pickle a few years ago which was probably the most memorable thanksgiving that we've ever had it's now more than a few years ash we're talking 10 no, not 10, but I would say more than five. Okay. Well, in years past, this was probably my... We've been here a while. Yes. You, can't, you tell me that all... True. To, to me, <laughs> everything's three years ago. Like, and, and Ashley had to remind me of the other day. We've been here 13, 14... We're going on 15. Next year will be... Okay, so we're here 14 years. Like, we're getting older and not, you know... Years, years kind of go by. Exactly. And things aren't three years ago. It's no. been eight. All right. So let's call it eight. <laughs> so this was the most memorable because we were so prepared. We had um, some guest Lori, and she was here, and her husband, ex-husband, and we were doing a Thanksgiving together with them for our guests. They had been out here multiple times, and it was a really cool prep for Thanksgiving doing it with them. They wanted to get a. They wanted to have a. Bu- they wanted to get the real feel of exactly. having a bunch of Italians, and it's like, all right, well, if you want the real feel of having a bunch of Italians over, let's just do our Thanksgiving for, mm-hmm. f- to thank everyone. And so we had prepped for like two days. The morning of, we looked so good. All we needed to do was make tiramisu and something else. Well, and it's stupid tiramisu because it's for Italians, but <laughs> otherwise it would have been pie. But um, it is like almost nine o'clock. We've gone through the list. Everything looks great. Table is set. And... It's just like, I don't know. I think we're looking good. We could start getting showers and changed and all of that. Get ready for Italians to start showing up. And power goes out. Now, power does not... You would think that since we live in the third world of Europe, that this would be a common occurrence. Mm -hmm. But actually, the power, knock on wood... Um, doesn't really go out that often. It'll go out um, during a thunderstorm sometimes, or we'll have a flickery, like when there's like real weather. Mm-hmm. You might get a flicker too. More like in a snow thunderstorm, we'll get a flicker of something. But By all large, in all, no problem. Put it this way we don't own a generator because it's no. Mm-hmm. We probably should, but... Um, <laughs> knock on wood again. Knock on wood again. But we don't own a generator because it's never really been a problem. Until it was a problem. Until it was a problem. So, so <laughs> the best part of the story, do you want to tell it? So the power goes out. No one freaks out. But it's weird that the power went out because it is a November morning and it is bright and shiny and sun. It's one of those cool, just gorgeous, gorgeous cold, clear, not a cloud in the sky, no wind beautiful autumn days and it's like well that's weird because i would expect if we had thunderstorms or snow or something okay it could happen but kind of weird for today um normally within 15 20 minutes it'll pop back on this time it didn't and that was kind of concerning and then we're like all right well huh we have no power so we have no pump we have no electricity we have no gas because the the turkey still has a few more hours the turkey has still a few more hours there's some stupid well, I guess it's not stupid but there's some safety thing on our on our gas that <laughs> it shuts the valve if the power goes down so whatever's in the line is in the line we can obviously automatic uh, manually open it but 
Okay. Um, but no water. Our pump is on a uh, electrical pump, so no water. That's a big one. So we got 10 bathrooms, mm-hmm. so <laughs> everyone gets one. <laughs> <laughs> the guests get a flush. Uh, men outside. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to figure out the plan. What is the plan? So um, maybe an hour and a half goes by, and two NL vans. NL is like the state-run power company. They whoosh, uh, speed fly by, by, fly by, and then ten minutes later, like a big cherry picker truck flies by, and it's like, oh, what's going on around here? So there's some far, uh, some hunters coming back down the way, and hey, what's going on? Do you guys know what's going on? Well, here's why we have no power. Two hunters, obviously plastered, right? Just drunk. <laughs> they have to be drunk. Remember, setting is at 9 in the morning. <laughs> they, decide, they saw two quail on a power line and decided that we're going to get them quail. Except they didn't hit the quail. They hit the power line. And I didn't even know you could do this. They shot down the power line. So um, there's going to be no power. <laughs> However... Um, we still have all these people coming over, and I start calling around to finish. Okay, let's just get the turkey finished. We'll, we can kind of figure everything else out. Yeah, we got tons of candles. Like Jason said, we got bathrooms. I've got, um, I've got propane tanks. I've got a candy stove. I can boil potatoes. I can do the little bit. Uh, tiramisu was cold, so mm-hmm. that's okay. So we kind of figured out how we're going to execute this, and it, we thought, you know what? We can probably, if, as long as we get the turkey cooked, we can, everything else can happen. Um, the only problem was no one has an oven big enough to, to stick a turkey in. And we ended up... Because this was a big boy. This was a big boy. This was probably, you know, we had probably 30 people coming. Yep. So it was a big, big turkey. So I forget where we finally stuck it in. Gaji's outdoor wood oven. Okay, Gaji's outdoor wood oven. Uh-huh. Because he has that. that, like, outdoor oven that he had never used. No. But it was big enough to, like, you removed the other racks and put it in. Okay, now I think mm-hmm. I remember. All right, there you go. But exactly, where are we taking this bird? And you guys had to go and get a bunch of water from the fountain in Piobico. Yes. So we could have water to, like, rinse dishes and stuff. <laughs> so towards the end, as we're serving dessert, we hear a giant truck coming down the road. And we're, get, we're, we're like dogs. We're really good at hearing no, hearing noises coming from the valley and knowing whether it's a diesel or how heavy it is. What, what do we got? I got, I got two-stroke. I hear two-stroke. Yeah, yeah, I hear a two-stroke motor. So this was a big diesel Big diesel truck. Heavy. Heavy. We, we, we heard. heavy. And it stops right at our driveway and, er, ding, you know, it's backup thing. Boop, 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 boop. And what's coming up the way? Nothing but a giant diesel generator on the back of a giant truck. Like one of those you would see running a stadium or something. Like <laughs> totally, giant. Like, totally. Like it was enormous. And um, they fire this bad boy up and hook the end. Of, since we're the end of the line, we're the last house on the line. This is where the, the hookup is to provide for auxiliary power. So they start up this generator that sounds like, <laughs> chugga, chugga, like, a, like, a, like a tractor running next to your house. And, um, Plumes of uh, black smoke. <laughs> Plumes of diesel smoke. <laughs> Which looked hilarious. We've got a diesel smoking generator um, feeding our agro trees or our organic farmhouse. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the lights came back on and the toilets started refilling. And um, we were able to 
dig ourselves out of a mountain of dirty dishes. And yep. um, that was by far the most uh, interesting and memorable Thanksgiving. And that for sure, that generator stuck around two days. Something like that. Yeah. 24 hours a day <laughs> here and that crazy. for two days. But we had power. Oh, my God. And I think my last favorite kind of memory is when one of my girlfriends was here. Um, they were living in southern Italy with her husband in the military. And so she was up here for the prep and helped out and stayed for Thanksgiving and went home and had a little boy who was like two years old and was doing the laundry and stuff and um, came across one of his plush toys and called and said, do you know what your house smells like? And I remember thinking, oh my God, what a loaded question. I don't know. That could be weird. And after Thanksgiving, she said it smelled like campfire pork fat, (laughs) which I felt like bottle it up because I love it. Even though it wasn't necessarily turkey, there's more pork fat lingering here in our uh, farmhouse. That's for sure. But I loved that cozy smell idea. <laughs> Campfire pork fat. Well, listen, I do not miss, though I do miss the open fire in the kitchen because I love Yeah, cooking. that's when we had the open fire. We could cook. You can always, you always have a barbecue ready to go when you got Hence an open fire. the campfire fire. and the pork fat because we'd grill sausages right. in, the, in, the, in the fireplace all, the, all time. the time. You were just talking about that the other day that you miss it. Yeah, when we, when we, if we ever get to design our own kitchen, I definitely want a open fire in the kitchen because it's in the wintertime, it's nice. Just, you could toast bread, you can grill meats, you can, there's so much you can do with the open fire. There's so many activities. I know, I love it. (laughs) Well, let's, um, let's round it up and, um, call it a podcast because the next one is I want to share with you guys on the next podcast about my trip to Fico, Italy, and my thoughts on Italy and Bologna, and as well as going up to Lago di Garda, and a little bit of medical tourism to chat about. All right. This was a boring one. Well, I hope not. I wanted to just put something out. I think the Gaji rabbit story was hilarious. Mm. Mm. We'll I think there's some good stuff. We'll see if this one makes the light of day. Oh, no. All right. All right. Until have next a- time, happy holidays. We'll see ya. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentire Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com, that's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com, and find out how to submit your show.